You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Before we pray for God's anointing and our teaching, we want to intercede for Pastor Mike Jackson. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, Brandy O'Reilly's family from uh, what city in Louisiana? Leesville. Leesville, Louisiana. And a family worship center. Is that correct? He had a heart attack this morning. And, uh, and we, we want to pray and intercede. Uh, I know it's, um, it would be difficult, uh, but uh, on a Sunday morning to have to deal with that with the church, uh, can we pray for, is it Family Worship Center, is that correct? We want to pray for the church and pray for the pastor. Can we be in agreement about that? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for you, your beautiful presence that is um, in this place. As we come together, we do so in your mighty name. Lord, first of all, we lift up Pastor Mike Jackson there in Leesville, uh, Louisiana, Lord God, as he suffered a heart attack today, Father, we just pray for your healing hand to come over him. Father, we pray that somehow, some way, Lord, that you would continue to raise him up physically, emotionally, whatever the case may be. We pray for the congregation at Family Worship Center there in Leesville, Louisiana. We just pray that you would just cover them with your presence, giving them the confidence to know that you are still in control no matter what happens. We intercede for that congregation. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Today, Lord, we ask your anointing upon the teaching of your word as we study Psalm 27. We pray that indeed you would, uh, your word would come alive to us, that we would not only receive this word and be hearers, but that we would respond and be doers of the word. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for making a choice to be in God's house today. 
One of the things I've learned over the years is that not everybody, and I'm not pointing any fingers here today, not everybody who shows up to church is actually a true believer of Jesus Christ. And it reminds me of, uh, of two brothers who were attending church. They were, they were very faithful. Almost every Sunday, they would show up to church. The problem is they weren't living the life. They weren't uh, walking the walk, so to speak. <clears throat> In fact, they were pretty bad. These two brothers would cheat people out of money. They would swindle people. They were just very conniving. And they would do so much to hurt people and just for their personal financial gain. But every Sunday, they'd show up to church. And unfortunately, there were many people in the congregation who were victims of their swindling and all that. And so, and so what happened was... Week after week, the people would see them. But the people just, ah, they just dealt with it. Okay, that's so-and-so. These are these two brothers. Well, one day, one of the brothers passed away. The surviving brother came to the pastor and said, Pastor, uh, my brother passed away, and uh, we want you to do the funeral. Okay. And if you use these words, if you tell everybody in the congregation at the funeral that my brother was a saint... If you say that, then actually I will donate $50,000 to the church. And the pastor was in a predicament because everybody in the church knew that this guy was not a saint, right? And so <clears throat> anyway, but man, that $50,000, that could really, really help out. So he took the check, went to the bank, deposited on behalf of the church. A couple days later, the funeral was taking place. And, and what happened? He was there preaching at the funeral. And he said, well, I can't lie. I can't, you know. So he looked, uh, pointed to the casket during the funeral service. He says, this man lying in the casket? Oh, I got to tell you, he was an evil man. He was a bad man, as bad as they come. I mean, he would cheat people out of money. He would connive his way. He, would, he, he was a swindler. Man, they don't come any worse than this guy who's lying in this casket. But compared to his brother who's sitting right here in the front row, he was a saint. He got his money, okay? <laughs> Amen. Praise God that we've got a group of saints here today. Amen. Today we're going to talk about being in the house of the Lord, but David had the right attitude, not the wrong attitude. The psalmist David writes Psalm 27, 14 powerful verses. And I wish we had like about three or four hours to dissect the entire Psalm 27, but we're just going to take about 30 minutes or so. And uh, let's, let's get into this. I notice and there's a, there's, a two, there's a word that's consistent at the beginning and then at the end in verse 13, and that's the word confident. For that reason, I'm using this terminology, praying with confidence. Praying with confidence. Do you have confidence in God that when you pray, your prayers will be answered? Confidence. I actually looked that word up in the dictionary, and according to the dictionary, Mr. Webster says confidence means full of trust, believe in the powers, trustworthiness, or reliability of a person or thing. Pretty good, huh? Well, maybe you were here about a year ago when I introduced a new word. Can I tell you something? My wife makes fun of me because I have the tendency to make up words but that are not in the, in the dictionary, but some of them are pretty good, okay? For example, this one I made up last year, reminding you today, it's taking confidence to another level. It's the word Godfidence, okay? So I made it up. You're not going to find it in the dictionary, but this is my definition of Godfidence, a feeling or consciousness of God's powers or of reliance on God's promises. 
Does anybody in here want Godfidence? Amen. In other words, we're going to put our confidence in God. Somebody say, I want Godfidence. Amen. Martin Luther says this, faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace. So the first thing I want to note about this chapter, I'm looking, or this, or Psalm 27, is that David had confidence in the Lord, his salvation. David had confidence in the Lord, his salvation. So the, the psalm starts off in these words, the Lord is my light and my salvation. We just sang that song a few minutes ago. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So there was a salvation that took place that David acknowledged, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation. Sometimes we just need a salvation, a rescue. Kind of reminds me of that, um, the, uh, the news story that was one of the prominent news stories about two weeks ago where 12 boys in Thailand, their soccer team and their coach, were caught in a cave in Thailand. Anybody hear about that story? And if my numbers are correct, I believe 17 days, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think 17 days they were in that cave, and many people began to lose hope because, after all, there was no way out. They were trying different ways to get these 12 boys and their coach out of the cave, and for a long time they couldn't. But praise God, at the end of it all, even though one of the rescue workers lost their lives, the 12 boys and their coach made it safely out of the cave. Amen. And that kind of reminds me, I kind of think that that was happening physically, but David kind of knew what that was about because he proclaimed, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation. Whom do I fear? No one should I fear. Then the second half of verse 1, David says this, the Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The word stronghold here in Psalm 27, 1, is actually the Hebrew word ma'oz, which means fortress. It means safety, security. It means strength. It means summit. That word fortress, man, that would make a great name for a church, wouldn't it? All right. The Lord is my fortress, the stronghold of my life. Sam Storm says this, If distress and trouble are as darkness, the Lord is his light. If trial and tribulation are as an army, the Lord is an impenetrable fortress. So I love that. The Lord is my light and my salvation. How many of you believe that the Lord is your light and your salvation? Amen. Now I think of that word light. What is the word light? Well, he shows you the way. And beyond that, just taking it to another level, Jesus not only shows you the way, he is the way. Are you getting it? And you know what I love about that? I kind of have a feeling, this is just my personal opinion, that when David is writing this psalm, he's not, not only looking at the here and now, but he's looking at his eternity in heaven. Because in heaven, you know what? i got to tell you something. There's not going to be any electricity. You're not going to have to turn lights on and off. The sun is not even going to be there. You know what's going to light up heaven? The glory of God. The glory of God. Anybody looking forward to experiencing eternity in the glory of God? The Lord is my light. And he was looking forward to eternity in heaven there. Now, I got to tell you, yesterday I was with Raul and B. Martinez because B.'s Brother Ralph passed away, and B, I hope you don't mind me telling the story, but for 54 years, 
her brother Ralph did not know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. But about five months ago, B and her sister Linda had the privilege of leading their brother Ralph to faith in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? 54 years of not knowing the Lord. And then five months ago, they led him to the Lord. And little did he know that he would pass away on July the 6th, just recently. Amen? So now, Ralph is experiencing the light of the glory of God in heaven. Amen? He's experiencing the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, do you remember when you were down and out? Do you remember before you came to faith in Christ? Well, you know, uh, maybe things got you down, but I'll tell you what, the Spirit of God can raise you up. So what else did David have confidence in? Let's look at number two here. If you're writing notes from your pastor's page here in your bulletin, David had confidence because he spent time in his presence. He spent time in his, that's capital H, meaning the Lord, God's presence. He spent time, and that's why he had confidence in the Lord. He had that intimate relationship with the Lord. Let's look at verse 4 of Psalm 27. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. To seek him in his temple. I love that because it's talking about the presence of God. How many of you just look forward to being in the, in the presence of God today and the house of the Lord? Amen. I look forward to my time here. But the unique thing here, by the way, uh, uh, in our Digging Deeper notes, for those of you for personal study and for your Connect groups, if you want to uh, get your this week's Digging Deeper notes right over there at the Connection Hub, we are doing a study on this week on Psalm 84, which is an offshoot of Psalm 27. And one of the one of the life lessons is this, I'm going to give you this, the presence of God should be your happy place. <laughs> Everybody has a happy place. The presence of God should be your happy place. We kind of get that from Psalm 84. Those notes are back over there. So as we look at verse 4 of Psalm 27, may I remind you who is writing this psalm? It is King David. He's a king. He's a warrior. He's got an army of men under him. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's got so much to do, so much to do, so much on his plate. And he says, there's one thing that is my priority, and that is being in the presence of God. I'm going to seek the presence of God. Once again, one thing I ask from the Lord, David says this, only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That word house is a Hebrew word, beyith, which means family dwelling place. Family dwelling place. So really what he was saying is there's something special when the family gets together. Now really what he's talking about is a family of God. But oftentimes we may, we may think about, well, I love it when my family gets together. In fact, my wife and I love it when we get all our kids and grandkids around. It gets noisy, but we love it. And I, I even told her I love cleaning up when they leave. It's all right. I'll do the cleanup. I just love having the kids over. Sometimes it's difficult, for example, if you have a friend or a loved one who, um, who maybe you're separated from because of the distance of miles. Maybe they live in another city, another state, or even perhaps another, uh, another country. This week I was praying with Fred and Priscilla Villarreal. Brother Fred, Sister Priscilla, thank you so much. Had a great time with them. But one of the things that we were praying about is they have one son who's 
serving in the military in South Korea. Then they have another son serving in the military in Iran. So we prayed for, for Freddie and Ricky and believe for that. But I know it, it troubles their heart because they don't get to see their boys on a regular basis. But praise God for special holidays where we can get the family together and, and, and just come together as a family. You know, this is what David is kind of talking about here concerning his spiritual family. We all have different things to do and places to go. We work in different places and live in different parts of San Antonio and the surrounding areas. But there's one thing that brings us together, and that's the presence of God. On a Sunday morning, we come together. And then in our weekly connect groups, that, that's what uh, David was saying. We're our family. Bayeth right here, this Hebrew word means family dwelling place. And I love it that we're family. Now, you may not know everybody's name in here, but can I tell you a secret? If you don't know somebody's name, just call, hey, brother, how you doing? Good to see you. Sister, how you doing? (sighs) I just gave away my secret, huh? But that's okay. How many of you are glad to be brothers and sisters? I'm your brother. If you're a child of God, guess what? I'm your brother. You got to love me, okay? You may not like me, but you got to love me. That's what the Bible says, okay? God love your brothers. Still haven't found where the Bible says you got to like them. But anyway, that's another story there, okay? I'm just, yeah. So family dwelling place. David says, I want to be there. Why? Because I want to be in the family dwelling place because I've got a heavenly father that I want to spend time with. I've got brothers and sisters that I want to hang out with in the presence of God. And then in verse 6, he says this, I will sing and make music to the Lord. Sing and make music is the, word, the Hebrew word zamar, which means to praise with a musical instrument. And I'm going to do that in a few minutes. If you don't mind, I'm going to pull up my guitar just in a few minutes. I'm going to do exactly what verse 6 says. I'm going to praise with a musical instrument because it's so, it's so beautiful when we can use music to bring in the presence of God. And then in verse 8, David says this, My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. So what does that word face mean in verse 8? The word face literally means in the Hebrew, uh, it's, it's the pana, which means presence. In other words, when you're face to face with someone, they are in your presence. Nowadays, with technology, we use various means of communicating. We text, we email, we do FaceTime, we do all sorts of, of other ways to communicate to someone who's perhaps on the other side of the world, on the other side of the country, or on the other side of the house, all right? How many of you have ever texted somebody that's in your house, okay? The other day, I heard my wife sneeze when she was upstairs, and I texted her, bless you, okay? So it it worked, right? Yeah, bless you. I I didn't want to yell, okay? I just texted her, okay? But um, with technology nowadays... I got to tell you something, it's great, but the one bad thing, or let me just put it this way, I kind of like it better when I'm face-to-face with somebody. You know, there's nothing better than being face-to-face with the people you love, and and this is what David's talking about. God, I'm not going to email you. God, I'm not going to text you. I'm not even going to FaceTime you, God. I want to be in your presence face-to-face. Anybody agree with the psalmist David? Face-to-face. So that's kind of like the, the, you know, I want to be there in your presence. And so God will never disappoint you. God will never disappoint you. 
Now, I got to tell you something. This is confession time for Randy Garcia. And you may not like me after my next uh, little story. But uh, for those of you that may or may not know, back in 98, my, uh, my first wife uh, uh, made a choice to exit our family. And so I loved raising our three kids. At that time, they're ages 4, 7, and 10. And I, I thought, okay, I'm a single dad. I'm going to be the best single dad I can possibly be. And, uh, man, give me a couple years and I'll be remarried. I thought that's what it was going to be. I need somebody to help me to raise the kids. Little did I know that it was, I'd be 15 years as a single dad. And uh, during those 15 years, I, man, I, yeah, there were times I'd get lonely and I'd, I'd want, uh, uh, want a relationship. And, and I made a, a covenant with God. I want a godly woman. I want a godly woman. I'm not going to go to a bar not going to go to a nightclub. I, I want somebody who, who has my values, who loves the Lord. And, 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 you know, I just wanted a solid, true Christian, someone who, who not only talked the talk, but walked the walk. But it was, uh, you know, I'm, where am I going to go? I'm not going to go around to different parties and things. So uh, you may not like me for this, but I got on Christian Mingle, okay? <laughs> I did. I was on Christian Mingle for, for a couple of years. And, and during that time, and I, I'm getting to a point here, okay? But I'm, uh, during that time, I did meet a, a few single ladies. But I got to tell you something. There's nothing wrong with, with Christian Mingle because I kind of believe, you know, we can do our part. God does his part. But I was very, very picky because uh, I believe God had someone very special for me. And, and, and I did believe that. But one of the things I noticed is, is a couple of ladies I, I met, uh, they, their picture that they put on there was like 15 to 20 years old, okay? Or before, you know, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. When I'd meet them face to face, it was like, uh, are you, are, are you, you know? yeah. And then, and then their personality, after I'd email them, you know, uh, I thought, wow, I thought this was your personality. Are you the same character, the same person? Uh, and then one time. I, I got to tell you, my, my kids laugh about it. One time I, uh, I was with my kids. To me, it, I was a package deal, okay? I'm a single dad, three kids. And one time my kids, um, we went to a certain store. Okay, we'll meet at this. Okay, we're going to meet this lady. And, and, and coming out of the store, there was, there was this lady with, with, with a couple of kids. And we thought, oh, that's her. Okay. And we walked up. And then uh, as I walked up, I said, are you? And she said, no, no. Oh, Okay. And then off to the side, there was the other lady, and then right away, my, my kid said, Dad, no, 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 don't, don't, you can ask my kids about that, so, uh, but I was nice, okay, uh, what I'm saying is, 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 is my face-to-face encounters didn't go too well, okay, what I'm saying is this, sometimes people can disappoint you, but God will never disappoint you. And David is saying, God, I want to be with you face to face. And if I meet with God face to face, there's something special that takes place. And if you meet with God face to face, you will never, ever be disappointed. And Psalm 27 was uh, something that has always been dear to my heart. And during, during that time that I was single and... Uh, I, I spent a lot of my time just trying to worship God and getting closer to God. And Psalm 27 became dear to my heart so much that as I was going through the psalm and I was, I, I decided to, to write a little something from Psalm 27. And I looked at that verse and verse 6 and 7 and 8 where it says um, to seek the Lord 
And it said, I gaze upon your beauty. I I love that. Just, Lord, I want to see your face. I want to see you in your glory. And so I started putting a little... uh, a little song together back when I was, um, yeah, I was, I was single, but you know what? My first goal was to seek the Lord. My first goal was to seek more of God. And by the way, for anybody who's single, make sure the person that you're, you're pursuing seeks God first. That's, that's, that's a, to me, that's just, it's got to happen. So I started putting, I gaze upon your beauty. And I bask in your amazing love. And I'm just thinking about how the psalmist talks about the presence of God, the face of God. And my heart is filled with joy, Lord, as I seek the glory of your face. What's the glory of his face? Well, it tells us here in Psalm 27, the glory of the face of God is his presence. And what brought me so much joy at that time and still does today is this message of Psalm 27. In your presence, my soul is set free. If you would allow me, can, I'd like to show you this song. Go ahead and play the track to that. I'm going to sing along here. But this is a song that the Lord put in my heart based on Psalm 27. And uh, maybe you've heard it. I don't think I've sung it here in years. We recorded it. It's in the CD in your presence. But today, I just want to dwell in the presence of God. In your presence, my soul is set free. In your presence, your glory. I see when the spirit starts to flow, your majesty does show, your glory fills its place as I sense your sweet embrace in your presence, fresh anointing. Like the rain, let it fall. Oh, how we need a fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Yes, Lord. Be poured on us all. The appointed time has come. A new season has begun. May your spirit, Lord, be praised. On us today, in your presence, gaze upon your beauty. I gaze upon your beauty, and I bask in your amazing grace. Your grace is amazing, Lord. My heart is filled with joy, Lord, as I see. Yeah. 
show Your glory fills this place As I sense your sweet embrace In your presence In your presence I gaze upon your beauty, Lord I gaze upon your beauty And I bask in your amazing grace My heart is filled heart is filled and my heart is filled with joy, Lord, as I seek the glory of your face. Fresh anointing, like the rain, let it fall. Fresh we need it, Lord, today. Like Be poured on us all. Thank you, Lord. The appointed time has come. A new season has begun. May your spirit, Lord, we pray, descend on us today. In your Psalm 27. There's nothing that beats the presence of God. Is that what you're going to seek? David made it his priority, and so can you and I. Last of all, number three, David had confidence in the Lord's timing. David had confidence in the Lord's timing. The last two verses here says this, I, will, I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. It's easy to say and hard to do. Oh, yeah, I'm patient. I'll wait on the Lord. Heard the story about Mark. He was devastated when he got, his, when he got called into the boss's office. The company was downsizing and they were letting him go. Mark thought, no, not now. The timing couldn't be worse. My wife was on the verge of quitting and staying home, he says, and we were on the verge of paying off our debt, and we didn't have much savings at all. Mark started to get angry, angry at his boss, angry at his company, angry at God. But his wife encouraged him to trust in God all the more during this difficult time. So he did. While he 
began to search for another job, he decided to use his time to get closer to God and do service project. Plus, Mark and his wife began to pray together because they had a, a particular need, a new job. So they hadn't been praying together before, so this need drew them together in prayer, and it draw, drew them closer to, together than ever before. Yeah, this, this challenge brought him and his wife closer together. Finally, something happened. We see all this time for, for weeks and months, Mark was, I call it this way, he was in God's waiting room. Anybody been there before in God's waiting room? God, I have a need. God, uh, are you listening to my prayer? God, uh, I don't get any response, God. And we, we feel like we're in God's waiting room. Maybe we have a particular prayer request. Maybe things are not going the way we thought they were going to go. God, do you care about me? God, are you listening? But one thing I've noticed is that when you find yourself in God's waiting room, God is working on your character. God's working on my character. In my case, I told you the story for 15 years. I was a single dad. I thought I was going to be married pretty quick. Can I tell you something? God was working on my character, okay? I'm far from perfect. God was chiseling away the things that didn't need to be there. Finally, I said, okay, Lord, I'm ready. (laughs) God brought me Brenda. Praise God for that. Amen. It was worth the wait, okay? (laughs) It was worth the wait. But you got to have confidence in the Lord's timing, Got to have confidence in the Lord's time. While you're in the waiting room, you think, what do I do? Where do I go? God, what is it that, uh, that you have for me? Some of you young people and, and, and some of you, I know a number of you Chi Alpha students are doing missions trips and have done mission trips. I commend you for that because you know what you're doing? You're, 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 doing, you're being active during this waiting period on, on God. And so many of us, we... We don't know what to do when we're in God's waiting room. Can, can I suggest, can we get closer to God? Mark, in this story that I was telling you, he, he was in God's waiting room for months, but a job offer came, a better job, better pay, closer to home. All he really needed to do was wait on God. Here's a life lesson. While you are waiting, God is working. Some people focus on the storm that they are dealing with, it's better to focus on worshiping and waiting on God. In fact, I put together a little acrostic, W-A-I-T. I believe that's how you spell the word wait. Just think about this. W, worship God. Just worship God. What are we doing right now? David says, you know what? I'm in God's waiting room, but I'm going to worship God. I'm going to spend time in the presence of God. And he worshiped God with his whole heart. Secondly, the letter uh, A, ask God. To say, God, uh, there, what is the purpose for what I'm dealing with? Why, why is the answer being delayed? God, what is your will? What is your purpose for, for my life? It's okay to ask God that. You know, and, and he'll respond. Talk to God. Dialogue to God. The letter I, initiate action. That's important because some people think waiting on God is sitting around doing nothing. No, no, no. If, have any of you ever been a server at a restaurant a, a, a waitress or waiter. How many of you have been a wait, waitress or waiter? Okay, many of you have. I, I commend you because that's a difficult job. You're constantly on your feet. Am I right? Constantly on your feet. Getting this and getting that. Taking orders. Going to the kitchen. Getting constantly. So it is 
waitressing and waiting on tables is not an easy job. Is it a, a job for lazy people? Nope. Nope. No, it's not. Waiting on the Lord means that you're busy serving God. That's what, a, what waiting on the Lord is all about. You're doing his work. You're serving him. Initiate some action. Initiate it. Well, I'm going to do this. While I'm in God's way to him, I'm going to do this for God. And last of all, the letter T, trust in God's will. Once he tells you, this is what I want to do for you, this is, this is my plan for you, then just trust that he's got it under control. What are the rewards of waiting on the Lord? Just I'll go over this quickly because I want to close. But uh, if we go through Psalm 27, of course it closes with these words, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, wait for the Lord. What are the, re- re- what are the rewards? Verse 1, David says, no more fear. Whom shall I fear? No, no more fear. Secondly, the second reward, you, you get God's leading and direction. Verse 11 tells us that. You get God's leading and direction when you wait on the Lord. And third of all, you get God-fidence. You start thinking, okay, God, I'm going to trust in you, and you are my source of strength. You gain God-fidence. And last of all, you gain God's goodness. Verse 13, the psalmist David says, I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what you're blessed with when you wait. God's goodness. God's goodness. Now, though, pretty much if I were to summarize what we talked about, is, is David, David just loved on God. And I, and I just, sometimes I just like to love on God. And, and an example of this is how many of you have read the Five Love Languages book by Gary Chapman? Great, great book. It really helps you in relationships. It gives you five primary ways that we receive love and give love. And here are the five ways, but I see each of these five ways right here in Psalm 27. Can I tell you, David was just loving on God. First of all, there's words of affirmation because David said, The Lord, you, O Lord, are my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You, O Lord, are the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? He was giving God words of affirmation. That's what a love language is. God, you are holy. You are righteous. You're everything. You're You're everything to me. And when you express that, you're loving on God. Secondly, in verse 4, David speaks of quality time because he talked about dwelling in the house of the Lord. Quality time. That's what God wants. Are you willing to give him the best of your time? A third love language is gifts. Verse 6, David says, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. What does sacrifice mean? You're giving God something that costs you something. That's showing God, God, I love you. I'm giving you a sacrifice. A fourth love language is physical touch. Because as we said in verse 8, we talked about this face-to-face with God. It's like God is right here. I can reach out and touch him. I feel his embrace. I gaze upon his beauty. And last of all, acts of service is mentioned in verse 9 because David says, I am your servant. I am your servant. I will serve you. Whatever you need, Lord, I will serve you. I will wait on you. I'm going to serve you. Bottom line is this. David was just, he was loving on God. He was loving on God. And I believe we need to do the same. I believe we need to love on God as well. And I believe no matter what we're going through in life, it's time to love on God. Can I tell you a little, a little 
Hebrew idiom, one of the, in, in the biblical days, Psalm 27 was the psalm that would, was read during Rosh Hashanah. Anybody know what Rosh Hashanah is? The Hebrew Jewish New Year. And they would read Psalm 27 because it reminded them this is a new beginning. Today, some of you need a new beginning. Today, it may not be on the Hebrew calendar, Rosh Hashanah. That's happening in a couple months. But today, it could be a new beginning that God wants for you. A new beginning of seeking God. A new beginning of um, putting him as a priority. So today, we're going to close out this time, but with some quality time in the presence of God.